Well, when I was a little girl, I came very close to drowning. Some of you have heard this story. I came very close to drowning uh, in Lake Plain Dealing, which is my hometown. We had a lake, and I thought I'd had swimming lessons. I thought I was a good swimmer and tried to keep up with my brothers and their friends swimming across the lake and um, realized I wasn't as good a swimmer as I thought. And I, I was probably 10 years old. It was after I became a Christian. And I just started to go under, and thankfully my brothers knew that, okay, she's in trouble, and they carried, got me to the shore. But that event made a huge impact in my life, even as a little girl. Because I remember waking up that very night, I still remember it vividly as if it was yesterday. I woke up in the middle of the night, and I sat up in bed, and I said, God, I almost died today. Okay, I was a little dramatic as a 10-year-old, okay? But I almost died today. You could have taken me home, but you didn't. I have to believe that you have a purpose for me, and I haven't done it yet. And so I don't want to miss your purpose. Even as a young girl, I sensed that God had a purpose for me. I didn't want to miss it. I didn't want to disappoint God. And I've often thought back to that time when I first realized that, God, you've got something you want me to do, and you're not going to take me home until I have totally done what you wanted me to do. Every believer has a God-given purpose. And once you determine what that purpose is, then you will find joy and satisfaction as you carry out that purpose, as you live it out. And so that is my challenge for you and me this week, is that we would live out our God-given purpose. That you'd be rooted in your purpose. That you would know what it is and you would live it out. So in our time together this morning, I want to address five areas, five things that will help you Live out your God-given purpose. And some of this is review from uh, your lesson, but I think it's good to go over it. So the first thing I want to look at is the importance of knowing your mission, your purpose. You know, you may ask, well, why do I really need to know? Can't I just live my life and just kind of let it go as it flows? I mean, do I really need to take time to think about my purpose? Well, let me give you two reasons why. It's important to know your mission or your purpose in life. One is because it keeps you focused. It keeps you focused on the tasks that God has created you uniquely to do. Why he put you on this earth. And when you know your purpose, you're not going to get distracted by doing things that God never intended for you to spend hours doing. So it keeps you focused. Knowing your purpose gives you direction. But a second reason why it's important, and this goes hand in hand with the first, it helps you prioritize. Once you know your personal mission statement, your, your God-given purpose, then you're going to prioritize according to that. It's going to determine what you're going to put in your schedule first. It's going to determine what you say yes to when somebody asks you to do something. 
And it's going to determine what you say no to. And hear me here, it is okay to say no. And some of you need to learn that two-letter word. Um, you know, you're going to say no to those things that don't fit into your purpose or to those things that would take all your time away from living out your purpose. And you will say yes to those things that help you fulfill your purpose and that really energize you because you know that's what, God, you created me to do. So you'll say no to those things that drain you instead of energizing you. And you will say yes to those things that energize you and help you fulfill your purpose. When I was in Dallas at Northwest, I mean, I, served in, I started out in children's ministry because there's always a need in children's ministry. And, and that was fine for a while until I got sick every Monday after working. Uh, I thought, how hard is it to hold babies? It was fine, except I caught everything they had. And so I had to step away from that. But I was, uh, one day, the, our missions pastor came to me and he said, Cricket, um, I'd like for you to pray about coming on the executive mission board. And at that time, we had two mission boards. We had an executive one that was kind of the, the, we met every week. And then there was the mission board, which met once a month. And so we would meet three times and then meet with the mission board. So it was a very intensive, time-intensive commitment. But I thought, well, yeah, I would be good serving on the mission board. I mean, I was a missionary for four years. I love missions. I go in short. Yeah, that would be a good fit. And I committed to a three-year commitment. And another lesson from somebody who learned the hard way, do not commit to three years of doing something if you're not sure that is where you're gifted or where you need to be. Try it out for a year or six months, but don't commit to three years. I did. And the first year, I was just drained um, because all, all we were doing, we'd sit in these long meetings and we'd look at reports and we'd do budgets and we'd talk about money and finances. And, and I, I just thought, what am I doing here? And I was talking to my women's director and she said, Cricket, you're frustrated because you're not using any of your spiritual gifts and you're spending so much time in an area that you're just sitting in meetings and so you're not using your gifts. And I thought, yeah. So then she said, well, and I was getting ready to go to seminary. And she said, well, I tell you what, how would you like to, and I'd been going to women's ministry. I just wasn't in the leadership at the time. She said, how would you like to write the Bible study for the fall, and then teach it. Yes, 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 that sounds great. I mean, it was time-consuming, yes. And I wrote the study for one of my independent classes in seminary and had somebody mentor me through it. It was the Moses study that we did here uh, several times. But it was like, what a difference. I mean, it was like, okay, I'm going to sit in these meetings even though I had a heart for missions, I wasn't using my gifts. Cricket, would you like to write and teach the Bible study? It was like I just couldn't wait. And I said, I'll pray about it, but yes, I want to, I want to. <laughs> That's when you know that is an area that you, you need to say yes. And when you feel like God is going to use you and, and that 
And I was so fulfilled. I spent as many hours preparing and writing that Bible study as I did in those meetings. But I wasn't drained. I was so excited to be able to do it because it fit into my purpose. So that's the first thing I want to talk about, the importance of knowing your mission. You need to know because it helps you prioritize and focus. What do you need to be doing with your life, with your time? That doesn't mean we can't serve in other areas. But remember, three-year commitments, is I wouldn't recommend it until you know that's where you need to be. All right, a second area I want to talk about is the scriptural basis for mission. And you looked at all these verses this week, but I still want to review them because I think they're so important. Scripture shows us that God has a unique purpose for every one of us as believers. Um, You looked at Psalm 139, 16. We looked at it last week with our life story. We're looking at it again this week with our purpose Your eyes have seen my unformed substance. And in your book were all written the days that were ordained for me when as yet there was not one of them. God has already written out your story. He's written out your, he's chosen your purpose. Jeremiah 1, 4 to 5 is one of my favorite verses. And I did not know this verse was in the Bible until somebody took me through writing my mission statement. But I love this. Now, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I set you apart. I have appointed you a prophet to the nations. How does that make you feel? To know that God has already planned what he wants you to use your life doing. And how he wants to use you in his kingdom, to build his kingdom. And then Acts 20, 24, this was one one of our theme verses for women's ministry a number of years ago. And this is actually Paul's mission statement. Uh, He said, but I do not consider my life of any account as dear to myself so that I may finish my course and the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus. And then he tells us what that ministry was that the Lord gave him to do, to testify solemnly of the gospel of the grace of God. Now, we all need to be sharing Christ. That's not just for certain people. We all need to. But there are some people that are extremely gifted in that area that when you watch them, you go, wow, that's what they're cut out to do. 2 Timothy 1.11, Paul gave more specifics of his mission statement, how he would carry out. He said, I was appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher. He's saying, God gave me these three areas to use to carry out the gospel in my purpose. I'm to be a preacher, a teacher, an apostle. And then Ephesians 2.10, where his workmanship created in Christ Jesus Four good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. We're not saved by good works, but we are created to do good works that God prepared for us to do before we were ever born. He's mapped out 
the course of our life. So, Scripture tells us that God has appointed us a unique purpose, a unique mission. And that's where we need to understand, what, God, what did you put me here to do? So, before we look at what mission is, I want to go to the third, the third area I want to address first, which is what mission is not. And a lot of people uh, get, get I, I've heard a lot of discussions on this, um, Several things that mission is not. One, it is not a job or a position that you hold. That's not your mission. My job is the women's ministry director here at First Evangelical Church. But that is not my mission statement. That is not my mission to be a women's director. I didn't set out going, this is my mission in life is to lead a women's ministry. Because I was doing my, I was living out my life purpose years before I took this job. And I will continue to live out my life purpose after March when I'm no longer in this position. It's not a job, but sometimes people think, oh, my mission is to be this. Our job can help us carry out our mission. Being a women's ministry director helps me carry out my life purpose. Being a preacher helps men carry out their, what they believe is their life purpose. But it's a means to help us live it out. It's not our life purpose to be in a position or a job. A second thing it's not, it's not a role. And I hear this often, uh, like oh, my, my mission, I've had women tell me, my mission is to be a wife. That's what God has for my purpose in life. I'm to be a wife or I'm to be a mother. Those are roles, though. They're not our life purpose. Because if it was your life purpose, what would happen if, all right, my life purpose is to be a wife. But then what happens when your husband dies? Or he leaves you? Or you don't get married? When those things happen, do you lose your life purpose? No, it continues. The same thing with, well, my purpose is to be a mother. That's great. But that's not your mission, your, your purpose in life. That is a role you feel that, help, that, you help, that helps you carry out your purpose in life. So don't mistake role and job as your mission. They help you carry it out. Because those things change. Your purpose doesn't change. God ordained that before you were ever born. But the way you carry it out looks different throughout life, depending on where you are, your stage. It looked different for me when I was on staff with Crusade than it does now. Or when I worked in the hospital. I was still carrying out my mission when I was working in the hospital. But it looked different than it does now. So it's not a a job, and it's not a role. And third, it's not necessarily grand or highly visible. We mistakenly think sometimes that, you know, I need a mission, I need a purpose that's big and that everybody knows who I am and that I'm out front. 
And that's not true. I mean, we don't have to be a Kelly Minter or a Lisa Turkhurst or Elizabeth Elliott or a Billy Graham to have a purpose. Some of us are going to have purposes. Most of us are going to have our life purpose is not going to be to be well-known. It's to be that person that's behind the scenes. To carry out, you know, Sharon and I were talking about this yesterday. Sharon Marat, my assistant, we were talking about our life purpose. And um, she was saying, you know, I don't, my life purpose is not to be up front. But my life purpose is to come alongside people and help them be the best they can be. And I said, that's exactly right. And you're living out your life purpose because you're my Barnabas. You're the one, you have gifts fill the gaps in my life, and you help me carry out my job better than if you weren't here. You have a very vital purpose, if not more important than me, because I wouldn't be able to do what I do if you weren't carrying out your purpose. So it doesn't have to be an upfront thing. It can be something that, you know, that Barnabas that's just coming alongside somebody and saying, you can do this. You can be that encourager, writing those cards, making those phone calls. So don't don't mistake it that, well, gosh, nobody knows what I'm doing, so I don't have any purpose. Yes, you do. And it's just as important as the person that's out front. Everybody has a purpose, and every purpose is important in God's bigger scheme. So... And again, a caution here, which I said last week, don't compare your life story to somebody else's. Don't compare your purpose to somebody else's. God has you where he wants you. So then we come to the fourth area, which is we've talked about what mission is not, but now I want to talk about what is mission. What what does it mean when I say your life purpose statement? And I'm interchanging mission and purpose there together. But a simple definition is that your mission is God's unique purpose for your life as a believer. It's unique for you. He has, has, has created you in a unique way to contribute to his bigger plan with your life and the way he's made you. And you've heard this, some of you have heard me share this with you before too, but I had a sense of what my purpose was as a little girl. After I almost drowned and thought, okay, God, you got a purpose for me. But I had a sense of what that was as a little girl because every Sunday night, we we went to church on Sunday nights and um, my family and we'd come home and I'd go into my brother's bedroom that had two twin beds and a little nightstand. And I would come in, and I'd push the nightstand out. It was just the right height for a little girl. And I would stand behind the nightstand, and I'd grab my daddy's big black Bible, and I would stand there, and I would preach to the room, to the, you know, and there would be nobody there most of the time except the cats and the parakeets. Occasionally, my brothers would pass the offering plate um, (laughs) to play along. But I would preach, and I don't even remember what I talked about. I know I would say Jesus a lot, but I would just preach. I don't even know if I could read. I just would stand there with the Bible and talk about something. I just 
felt that God wanted me to teach his word and to exhort people. That was a little girl. Now, it has looked different over the years, whether I was on crusade staff or in the hospital or here standing here today. I think about that when I'm standing here. About, I've come a long way since that little nightstand. And I was really sad when mom gave that nightstand up when we moved, when we, uh, moved her out of her home. But, you know, it continues through our life. We just have a sense, God, as we begin to really say, God, what is your purpose? He, he just gives, he lays it in our hearts. So then that brings us to the last area, the fifth area. How do you find it? And this was all in your, your lesson this week, but I just want to review, especially if some of you were not able to get to this day five and day four. I, I'm curious, how many of you have written a personal mission statement? I'd love to see hands. Good. And if you hadn't, I encourage you to get away and just do it. And it doesn't have to be perfect. You see how mine was not perfect the first time. But, all right, I'm going to give you the four steps that you went through this week. And we're going to fly through these. But the first one is that you need to understand your divine design. How God uniquely created you. How did he shape you? And again, there are all these acronyms that have been used. I know uh, there's the acronym DESIGN that takes the, the words, and, but they're basically the same as the acronym SHAPE, which is Rick Warren developed at Saddleback Church. And I, our church in Dallas used SHAPE. Uh, we've gone through SHAPE classes here. Uh, Andrew Beach and I was teaching SHAPE for a while. Whatever you use, though, it's good to have something to guide you through. And so your, your shape, hopefully you spent some time on that this week, where you look at the S is your spiritual gifts. And I think that's where we need to start as we develop our personal mission statement. God, what are my spiritual gifts? Because that's really important. He's given you those gifts to enable you to carry out your life purpose. And then H, heart. Who do you have a heart for? What do you have a heart for? We're all drawn to different areas. That helps us think through, what, what is my purpose, God? Who am I called to, to serve and to reach out to? Uh, your natural abilities. How does God want to use you? We were talking this morning in leaders meeting. God has given some the ability to sing with beautiful voices. Play instruments. Decorate. I miss that one. Um, you know, cooking. There are all kinds of ways you have natural abilities. Fourth, your the P is your personality. Why does your personality matter as you're trying to figure out your life purpose? Well, um, you probably don't want, if you're introverted and you're energized by time alone, you probably want to spend your, your majority of your time probably not uh, doing something people-intensive where you're with people talking all day long. That doesn't mean you can't be with people, but that's probably not maybe the area. Like when I'm trying to choose people like to MC an event, I will typically, when I ask an introvert, they're like, uh, no. That's okay. 
your personality does matter. If you are love people and you're energized by people, then that's a good indication of where God wants you, how he wants you to serve and minister to the body of Christ. If you're an introvert and like to be alone, you know, sometimes just doing those things uh, in a room by yourself or with one other person works well. But think about your personality and then your experiences. Your life experiences really can be used by God in so many ways to come alongside. The way that God designed you and shaped you should give you clear direction as to what your purpose and mission is. And God's purpose will be in line with how he shaped you. And that's why we need to look at our shape. And then the second step, and you did this, this, you looked at this in your study, is you want to consider the desire of your heart. What do you want to do? What do you love doing? What gets you excited when somebody asks you to do it? You know, I, I think about um, when I first came here and Carolyn Bowden, I don't know if Carolyn's here today, um, but Carolyn Bowden said, oh, by the way, Cricket, I forgot to tell you that as the women's director, one of your jobs is to be in charge of decorating the church at Christmas. I just sat down and thought, oh, I don't know what, I, I didn't even know where to begin. I am not energized by things like decorating and cooking. When Taylor came to me and said, hey, would you head up the reception for coal? I'm like, what do I, how do I, what do, where do I start? But then I went and I asked Jackie Stieferman, I said, Jackie, how would you feel about heading up this? Yeah, I'd love to. That's what you're looking for. I knew it's not my gifting. I don't have the abilities. I mean, I could decorate. It just wouldn't, you, you'd talk about it, but it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be glowing praise. I know what I'm not good at. I know that God did not put me on this earth to make an environment pretty. No, those things. And so... What do you love doing when you get excited when somebody asks you, like if somebody asks you, hey, would you lead a small group? Yes. All right, that's a good indication of leading you towards, you know, what, how does God want to use you? God is not going to appoint you to do something that you don't want to do. Your desire should line up with how he has created you. Now, there are times that, I, like I said, I'll do things that I'm not exactly excited about. Uh, like, I'm not good with kids, but I will serve kids and I will play with them. But it's not where I want to spend my ministry focus. <clears throat> but there are people in this room that are so gifted in that area that have a heart for that. And then the third step, <clears throat> which I hope you did this week, is write out your personal mission statement. It's good to write it out. I did not write out my mission statement until I was in college. I mean, until I was uh, in seminary. And at that time, um, Dr. Richard didn't give us the three questions that I gave you here. And so, um, 
you know, there, there's, mine was very wordy, but when you write it out, use those, these three questions to help guide you. Who? Who is your ministry focus group? <clears throat> you know, it may be internationals. It may be young moms. Uh, I was talking to somebody this week who said, I think my heart is for those people who feel out of place. That's, where, that's who I'm drawn to minister to. You know, the people that are homebound or people that are sick. Who is it that God has really drawn you to want to serve? For me, mine is women. And, and specifically, even as I was tweaking it, I thought, well, women is a broad category. Um, but I do. I'm drawn to women, whether it's in India or or here, but I'm specifically drawn to leaders, potential leaders, that I can really help them develop into leaders in the ministry. That's kind of where my heart is. So who are you drawn to that you want to serve? And then third, second question is what? What do you want to do with them? What needs do you want to meet? You know, I want to spur people on to be all that Jesus wants them to be. That's what excites me. That's why I love this job, because I get to spur you on and exhort you. And my gift is exhortation, not teaching. I mean, teaching is a way I get to exhort you, but I get excited about actually, come on, ladies, let's do this. You know, my, my what is I want to encourage Women to passionately pursue Jesus Christ. And then the third is how. How are you going to do it? How are you going to accomplish that purpose? And look at your gifts and your talents, your abilities. You know, for me, uh, I realize it's through teaching, writing, and discipleship or mentoring. Those one-on-one appointments. That's... To use those three questions to guide you in writing your mission statement. And then the fourth step is evaluate it periodically. I put this in the book, but I'll just put it up here too. Uh, When I wrote it in my spiritual life class in seminary, before I was ever given those three questions, I wrote it, this was my original mission statement, which is way, way Too long. To glorify God by using my God-given gifts of discipleship, shepherding, teaching, and exhortation to help carry out the Great Commission by sharing Christ with those God places around me, investing in the lives of other women, helping them grow to maturity in Christ through discipleship, and equipping them to have a ministry in the lives of others. You know, I turned it in on my paper, and I got an A on the paper, but I when we did this back in 2010 with the spiritual toolbox, I thought, I can't even remember my mission statement. And so I took those three questions and I simplified it to where now my mission statement is to encourage women to passionately pursue Jesus Christ through teaching, writing, and discipleship. It's simple, but it answers those three questions. What I'm doing at First Evan is a great fit for me. It enables me to carry that out. It gives me that opportunity. But as I said, when I retire, I plan to still do those things. It'll just look different. 
My mission isn't a job. It's not a role. Those things change. But your purpose, my purpose will stay. So live out your God-given purpose. Be rooted in it. But in order to do that, you got to know what it is. And so I really want to encourage you to sit down, if you hadn't, and write it out. I want to share this quote uh, from Oz Guinness in his book, The Call. He wrote, The truth is not that God is finding us a place for our gifts, but that God has created us and our gifts for a place of his choosing. And we will only be ourselves when we are finally there. You know when you're fulfilling your purpose. You know when you're living out your life purpose because it fits you. And you feel like, yes, God, this is what I was designed to do. I remember as a perfusion student in Houston, I was so busy going to school in the hospital, but I remember I had a small group. And one of the girls stayed afterwards to talk and just needed some, some counseling. And after she left about 11 o'clock that night, I remember going in my room and going, Yes, Lord, this is what it's about. Your purpose fits you and you're excited about it, even at midnight. Because you know that's what God has designed you to do. That is my prayer for you, that you would find your purpose, you'd live it out, and that it would fill you and give you that sense of deep satisfaction so that you're like, yes, Lord, this is what you put me here to do, and I love it, and I'm going to do it till the day you take me home. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for these women. I thank you for their gifts, their talents. And Lord, uh, I thank you that we can work together to build your kingdom. We need to help one another, and we all have strengths and, and uh, talents in different areas. And Lord, thank you that we can lean into one another in those areas that we're not strong in to build up a healthy body of Christ. I pray Lord, that these women would take this time to really think through and then use their purpose as they make decisions. We love you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.